Please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We have been looking at Paul's method of evangelism. It is the gold standard. Please don't think that I'm believing or requiring of you to do all of this, okay? Um, but what I want to do is just share with you the mindset behind all of this. Um, and then we can go and look at, and I pray that we can get to it today, uh, look at what we'll actually be doing in our home fellowships. But I want to give you everything that you could possibly need, um, and then you can decide on what scale you do it. Are you all with me? Amen? And like I said to you, I'll give you some things that I know will set you free uh, in the way that uh, you witness to people, and uh, even that word, uh, you'll be actually quite surprised when you find out what it actually means. I want to be sharing all of that with you. There has been a lot of misunderstanding and misconceptions and just pressure put on people about um, sharing the gospel. And we really haven't been taught how and we really haven't been taught what that means. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of bad press as a result. And I'm going to leave it there. All right, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Let me begin reading in verses 19 through 23, just to get us all going in the same direction. The Apostle Paul writes here, and he says, For though I am free from all men, by the way, I'm in the New King James Version. He says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Remember again, the the word more literally meant he, he was trying to get the majority. All right? He wasn't being... Uh, you know, sort of going, well, if I can, if I witness to 10, maybe I get one. He wasn't thinking that way. He's thinking nine out of 10 at least. (laughs) Okay. All right. And he says in verse 20, and to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I, I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21, he says to those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. We looked at that last week. Verse 22, To the weak I became weak, and that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, including women, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker, or may be partaker of it with you. Now, as I said before, There are a great many truths in these verses. I don't want to go into everything, but I do want to cover the things that relate to evangelism, okay? So today what I want to do is I'm not going to do too much of a review because I got so much material that I need to cover. When we do reviews, we end up with five minutes left of what we're doing for today. We're not doing that today, okay? Um, So I'm going to go back to verse 22 now. Uh, And look at verse 22. This is the final group that the Apostle Paul is trying to win for the Lord, and they are what he terms as the weak. And he says there again, to the weak I became as weak. Notice the word as weak. He didn't say I became weak. Okay, he said I became as weak that I might uh, win the weak. So first of all, the word weak... Okay, let's look at that. It means to be uh, feeble in any sense, 
and includes being diseased, impotent, sick, and of course, weak. So in any way or form that you could see weak, he's, he means that, all right? Whatever form that takes. In other words, if the Apostle Paul saw somebody struggling in any way or form, this mighty man of God would stoop down to their level of weakness in an effort to identify with them and win them over to Christ. One of the things we're going to talk about is listen. Listen to what people are saying. Don't have a little predetermined kind of plan in your brain and phrases and things you want to say to people because you want to win the fight. There's no fight here. Did you get that? There's no fight. You don't fight with people. You don't win arguments. I'll give you statistics about how those things go. You will be shocked, all right? It's not about that. It's about making friends. Amen. Some of you are very good at that. You can make friends with (laughs) anyone, okay? I'm looking at Pastor Andrew there. He's he's one of those people. He just makes friends with everybody. So this is going to work really well for him. Uh, But, you know, but... You, you know, that, that's step one. And sometimes, you know, we've felt bad to become friends with maybe unbelievers and stuff because, you know, where's your faith? And have you led them to the Lord yet? And, you know, all this stuff comes out. And then we almost have to become insincere to try to lead them to Christ. Because, you know, right now we're just chilling and we're just chatting and I don't want to get religious on them. I'm just being real with you. Can we be? I want to be real. I want to be real with you. Okay, we're not playing games now. We're we're talking real here. You know, because as I'm going through this, I'm thinking, okay, how would I witness to my hairdresser? How would I witness to the next door neighbor? No, I'm just thinking these things. I'm thinking I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And so, you know what's so good about this? I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> okay. So, this is coming from somebody that would do nothing if they had the choice. This is not coming from an evangelist. This is coming from the exact opposite. So, you know, that's why I said once I get through this, amen, there will be nobody that you can't talk to and you'll be so comfortable doing this. And I'll tell you what this is when we get to it. It will be so natural, spirit-led, and it won't feel religious. Hallelujah. Okay? All right. But we need to understand the ground rules. So we're setting the ground rules right now. To those with the law, to those without law, to those who are weak, we need to be what we need to be to them. That's why the Apostle Paul goes in to say, I have become all things, I'm back in 1 Corinthians 9.22, I have become all things to all men. I have become all things to all men. See, I need you to understand that he didn't compromise anything. Well, I'll read you something in just a minute. He didn't compromise anything to do this. In fact, let me just get to my quotes, all right? He said, I, haven't become, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means, by all means, save some. How, whatever it takes, at least if I can save some, that will be something. Amen? 
John MacArthur explains that Paul became all things to all men that he might by all means save some. He did not compromise the gospel. We come back to that over and over again. Whatever you do, don't compromise the gospel. This is an uncompromising life without being rude. <laughs> okay? You, cannot, you can live an uncompromised life of love. How? That's what we want to find out. I'll show you. I'll talk to you about it. He would not change the least truth in the least way in order to satisfy some. Did you get all of that? I'm going to read it again. He would not change the least truth in the least way. Do you understand? He stuck to what the gospel says, all right? In order to satisfy some. But he would condescend in any way for anyone if that would in any way help bring them to Christ. He would go down as far as he needs to. They're down there scrubbing the floor. He'll get down and scrub the floor. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, there was nothing that he said, well, I'm, I'm, my priestly robe will get dirty if I get... <laughs> no, you continue scrubbing the floor while I witness to you. Forget about it. That's not happening. <laughs> he would never set aside truth, a truth of the gospel, but he would gladly restrict his liberty in the gospel. He would not offend Jew, Gentile, or those considered weak. In fact, the message translation uh, puts it this way. It says, I have become just about every sort of servant... Do you see the word servant? This is the key. I told you, you need to become friends with them first. Okay? He said, I've, just, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I really like that. I'm sorry, we don't have that version. It's a message translation, okay? Oh, is it on there? Oh, it's on there? Well, we've, oh, is it? Okay. Anyway, I, I've noticed that too. Anyway, Notice he says, I've, just, I've, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. That's what he wants to do, lead them into a God-saved life. Amen? So, this, as one commenter put it so well, Paul had an astonishing, I love this, Paul had an astonishing elasticity of mind, <laughs> okay, <laughs> And a flexibility in dealing with situations requiring delicate and ingenious treatment. Wow. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We need to be ingenious. We need to come up with all kinds of ways to, to be able to talk to people, relate to people, get past all of our prejudices. Hello. Okay, and all of the, ew, I won't touch that, <laughs> okay? Whatever, we just need to get over all of that. What's a soul worth? See, this is where that question kicks in. It is not, it should not come up, oh, I've got to go preach Jesus to them right now, and, and then you get all under condemnation, because what's a soul worth? And if I don't do it now, blah, blah, blah. You know, we get under this condemnation, that, no, no, that's not the time you bring this up. But when you bring this up to say, how far am I willing to go to befriend this person, to be able to talk to them, to be able to minister the gospel to them in God's time? 
in God's way. Oh, I'm going to share stuff with you. I told you, I'm going to bless you. You will see things you've never seen before. Or maybe you've heard it, but it's never been put together. It will set you free. I'm just, I'm telling you, it has set me free. I'm very excited. I'm trying to get through this so I can get to that. All right, but we need to get through this. We need to talk about all of these. All right, Paul was well aware that even though God wants all people to be saved, a person's will was still sovereign, and some would choose to reject the good news. Further to this, even though Paul says by all means he might save some, he's, now listen, he is fully aware that in the end only God can save. Somebody say amen to that, please. Okay. And which he clearly brings on in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, from the New King James. He says, who then is Paul? He's talking about himself, <laughs> okay? He says, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each, to each one. Verse 6, I, that's Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. It's God that gets people saved. People think they get him saved. And can I say this, and as ingenious as you get, it'll be because God's giving you revelation. It's because God's saying to you, this is how you get to this person. This is how you talk to that person. It's all him. You just open your mouth and speak. What he says. Not what you want to say, but what he says. Not what you think is important, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me just throw this in. Not what you think is important, but what he's actually telling you to say. How many times have we walked away from something and thought, oh, I should have said this, I should have that, and got saved anyway. Because whatever you said, and this is where you really need to understand, it's God who gives the increase. You need to understand, if you go and you just do whatever the Lord tells you, no matter how much you stuck your foot in your mouth, he'll fix it. You, you must not go in there thinking you've got to get everything right for them to get saved. Because then you look at yourself and say, I got them saved. Because I was so with it. <laughs> Sweetheart, you are, but not that much. Okay, you have no idea what's going on in inside somebody's brain. You know, I always tell this story because it just always shocks me when I think back. You know, dad got saved on an electric fan. A story about an electric fan. That's how he got saved. When Kenneth Copeland was preaching, and he said he took his, you know, his AC or DC fan and plugged it into an AC adapter and or the other way around, and it went crazy and blew up, and it was a wrong power. And, but then it needed, you know, for the thing to work, it needed power. And some days you're plugged into the wrong thing. And he realized he was plugged into the wrong thing. And he got saved. Off that. I mean, I wouldn't have ever now said, Copeland, preach something, you know, give something from the Bible, dude. You know, God contains his word, not fans. <laughs> but that did it. How many things have you said? And you thought, why did I even bring that up? It was so stupid. That got them saved. That was God. I think a lot of what we think is our stupid moments, that's the part where God says something. And then we think, why did we say that? <laughs> Hello. At least God got a word in. <laughs> Praise be the Lord. Maybe they'll get saved now. 
Okay, so, <laughs> I want to make this funny, but you, I need you to get this. I never want you to walk away. I told you, I'll give you things that will free you. I never want you to walk away from having spoken to somebody as God has led you, feeling like I should have said this, I should have said that, and a whole lot of things. Because that's what the enemy will do. Because one of the things that he needs you to do is take away what you said, retract what you've said, retract the, 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 the impact it's going to have on the person. Because if you walk away saying, that's it, they're not going to get saved by this, blah, blah, blah. You know he will take that and start to counteract everything that God is doing? Because you've now brought out both life and death out of your own mouth. We just need to know to shut up. When you finish and you think, I should have done it, just don't say anything. Just say, because you've, because pastor preached this message today. From now on, you walk away going, thank you, Lord. Whatever, whatever was said, that's what you needed said. And your word will not return void. And you will confirm it. And you will do whatever is necessary for them to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. And the devil says, but you, it says, shut up. I witnessed regard, with, all, with you screaming in my ear. I still witness, so go away. Hello. Don't let him use your words against what you've just, and what God has done through you. Amen? All right, there you go. See? We'll get there, okay? I've got good stuff heading your way. All right. So again, we see here that regardless of all our efforts to win the loss to Christ, in the end, it is God who gives the increase. And we must be clear about this so that we don't become discouraged and disappointed when some of the people we might try to win for Christ decide to reject the gospel. There will be some that will reject. But you need to realize it wasn't because you weren't, you know, this amazing kind of orator or whatever. You know, you didn't come up with all the right English words or whatever. It wasn't that. We're going to realize, and I'll teach you about these things as we get to it. When you're, when you're ministering to somebody, all they have is themselves and maybe some little demon. You got God and you got the Holy Spirit who's witnessing and, and moving on their heart. See, this isn't just one, you know, one person against There's more with us than with them. A lot more going for us than they have going for them. Are you all with me? Okay, this is not to get arrogant. This is just to have confidence. All right. And I've said here, and don't become angry and upset with those people that reject the gospel, okay? If anything, I've said here, feel pity. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, he said, and whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. See, you don't take a bad feeling with you. Please listen to what I'm saying now. You shake the dust off. You just go, yep, you know what? I did what I need to do. I did it in love. I did it in friendship. I did, I did all the things that I could do to the best of my ability. And, you know, without trying to offend them or anything else, because we've learned that now, okay? All right, I've done all of that. They've still whatever. You know what? You just need to shake it off and walk away and say, Lord, rest is up to you. Maybe they need somebody else to witness to them. Maybe they need a different laborer to cross their path. But at least the seeds that have been sown will be there for them when they come along. I know there was somebody that came to our church a long time ago. 
that got saved in one of our meetings. And the, the person, there was this person that was a friend of mine that was trying to lead him to Christ for years. And he goes, he goes to Australia, get saved and come back. Something I said triggered something in him. But you know what? That person who was ministering to him constantly will receive the reward. Amen. We all get blessed. Okay? Hallelujah. And so again here in verse 15, he goes on to say, Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable, tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city or house or person. Are you all with me? So just know that you are in a place of power. You are in a place where you have everything to give. Amen? And you're going to be blessed beyond belief. We're all headed for heaven. We've all got so much, you know, to look forward to. And we're trying to help people get there. Amen? All right. So to conclude, the Apostle Paul goes in the same verse 23. Now this I do for the gospel's sake. I want you to notice something. He says, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. What's the word gospel mean again? Good news. He's doing all this to give them good news. It's not bad news, okay? All right. And he says that I may be a partaker of it with you. You know, we all want to get to, you know, we want to get to heaven together. We don't want to leave somebody behind and go, nah, 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 nah. you know, I, I, I found out and I didn't tell you. you know. Okay, no, that's very, very not good. We want to take as many as we can with us. All right, the Apostle Paul of, uh, let me just read my notes. Okay, the Apostle Paul makes a reason and purpose for what he does very clear when he says, again, this I do for the gospel's sake. All right, for the sake of the good news. And uh, one of the translations actually, actually puts it this way. He says, I do all this to spread the good news. That's what compelled the Apostle Paul to go to any length to share the good news to everyone and make every effort to win them to the Lord. He wanted them to live in the same blessing that he did. That's what we do. Amen? Blessings such as being forgiven and cleansed of all wrongdoing, including his indirect murder of Stephen. Remember that? All right? Being made a new creation in Christ to where all the old things have passed away. These are huge things. People walk around for all of their life with guilt. And here is Jesus Christ, the cross paid for all of that. So you, don't, so you don't have to walk that kind of life, live that kind of life. Amen? This is the good news, by the way. Right? I've said that all things have passed away, all things had become new, and all things were of God. That's in 2 Corinthians, as you know, 5, 17, and 18. Being adopted into the family of God to where God was now their very own father. And they were his, his very own children. Now this is brought out in 1 John chapter 3, my favorite verses, 1 and, 1 and 2, okay? Where it says, behold, what manner of love is this? That we should be called the children of God. And then he says, now we are the children of God, by the way. Not just called, but we are. Amen? Um, this is incredible. That people are trying to please God and get to God and do all these things. And you can be adopted right into the family. Hallelujah. Added to this, because of the cross of Christ, the Apostle Paul now had 
thousands of New Testament promises to help him live a joyful, victorious, overcoming life. Many of them revealed to him by God himself. You know, he got a lot of that revelation himself. Amen? That's one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul concludes by saying, in the latter half of verse 23, that I may be a partaker of it with you. As one commentator put it, Paul's life centered in living out the good news and also in preaching and teaching the good news. Nothing else mattered to him. He says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel or the good news. Did you get that? He says, I do all this for the sake of the good news. Please get this. If you think you're just doing this so you can witness to somebody and the word witness sits over everything, take it away. I would love to share what that is with you right now, but I want to hold it back to when we get to it because there's so much that goes with it. But don't let that be it. I need you to see good news. That's what this is all about, sharing the good news. So, you know, one of the things that we have to do and which I will help you with Okay, <laughs> I'll do the work, you just listen and learn, okay? Is to work out what is that good news? No, seriously, what? all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God is not good news. Yeah, the good news is great that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for all that. But you know, that's still not the central issue. What's the good news? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> you, I'll give you a hint. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion. And we lost it all. What would the good news be? We're back. <laughs> Except we're not on that level anymore. We're on a whole nother level, seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Woo! And everything is under our feet. I'm just a little toe on the, on the foot of Jesus. Hallelujah. You get, to, you get to step on the devil, get to see that firsthand. You're right there where the foot's on his head. You can make raspberries at him. Hallelujah. I mean, wherever you're on the body, dude, it's good. Amen. We'll talk about the good news. All right. <laughs> Told you I want to get to all that. All right, let's, um, let's, let's bring this to a conclusion. <clears throat> let, let me reread this. Paul's life centered, centered in living out the good news and also in preaching and teaching the good news. Nothing else mattered to him. He says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel or the good news. And since his whole life was the good news, his whole life was the good news, his whole life was the good news, Step one, live it. We'll get there, okay? He set aside anything that would get in the way of its power or its effectiveness. I really need to see those two words, power and effectiveness. There are things that we can do that, you know, excludes us from the power of God because there are things going on in our life that's causing that power flow to be interrupted. So we need to learn to, you know, we need to do the things that we need to do to allow God's power to flow through us unhindered. Can I get an amen? This isn't just about, you know, being all things to all people and then not have the power when they're sick to heal. You know, bring that healing to them. Are you all with me? Th that's, that's being all things to all people. 
You don't get sick with them, you heal them, <laughs> okay? You, you pray for them and you don't heal them, but you know God does it through you. But you know what I'm trying to say? That's being a servant. Oh, anyway, back to this. In everything you do, never forget why you entered the, their world. The message translation puts it so well as it translates the Apostle Paul saying, I did all this because of the message. I didn't, want to talk, just, I, I didn't, I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I like that. <laughs> okay? You want to be in on it. Okay? All right. The Apostle Paul wanted to be a part of their lives here on earth. And if successful, he would be a part of their story throughout all eternity. They'll say it was because of Andrew I got saved, or because of Pastor Verde I got saved, or because of Chrissy I got saved, or Tashels, or Emily, or whatever, or Sarah, or whatever, okay? It'll be like, because of them I got saved. And that will be forever. I'm here because of them. Would you like to be a part of that, their story? You decide. You don't have to. I'd encourage you to, but you don't have to. But I encourage you to. You don't have to, but you, I will read it anyway. Okay. <laughs> to conclude this section, William McDonald writes, These verses should never be used to justify a sacrifice of scriptural principle. Don't use this to say, well, I just drank and fell off the stool and was rolling drunk because I was trying to be all things to all people. You didn't hear a word I said. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. They merely describe a readiness to accommodate to the customs and habits of the people in order to win a hearing for the good news of salvation. You just want to get to the place where they listen. You know, one of the things, we'll, we'll come back to, the next thing we're going to, we've done with this, okay, we'll come back and we're going to talk about oikos evangelism. It means family, okay? All right, we'll, we'll talk about that next. But, you know, <laughs> One of the things that one of the ministers said was, if they don't like what they see, they won't listen to what, they, what you say. Paul has been helping us to get to the place where they like what they see. Amen? Without comprom compromising the gospel in the least. And then they're ready to hear. They're ready to listen. And that's what we want to get to. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. More coming in the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Father, for this, this word. And we just thank you, Father, for the wisdom and the insight that we're receiving. And I just thank you, Father, as we progress through this series, that you continue to reveal more and more to us ways to unlock hearts to help people be able to do this in the right way. So that even they know it's true. They know it's right. Because God, you confirm your word with signs following. And sometimes that is confirming in their heart that what they're hearing is the truth. Not religion. Not being converted from one thing to another. But they're hearing the truth. And they're receiving a person. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. In Jesus' name, amen.